Well, good morning. How about you uh, turn around and say hello to the folks around you. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the folks you're worshiping with today. Tell them good morning, hello. Tell them the weather is absolutely gorgeous this morning. Beautiful day for us today. There is a difference between intensity and profundity. Say that with me. There is a difference between intensity and profundity. One more time. There's a difference between intensity with profundity. Massive influence in our spiritual life. Let's unpack that together. This past week, we uh, buried Bishop Dorsonville. Uh, it was a beautiful time, very sacred experience. Had lots of intense emotions this past week. There was um, the natural grief of, of losing a bishop, and while I was not you know, relationally as close to him as other people, um, just a respect for the office of, of the bishop, and, and there were some moments where I was surprised with how intense the emotions were. There was some intensity in questions within me. What does this mean for a diocese, and God, why did this happen, and what does the future look like? Intense questions, intense emotions. If I'm going to be completely honest with you, um, <laughs> the more that I live here on the island, the more I realize you got to drive far to get anywhere, right? Yes. So just lots of commuting back and forth, and um, yeah, uh, not everybody drives as intelligently as I do. Let's just say that, right? <laughs> there were some moments of traffic that I, I was, let's just say there were some intense emotions there. <laughs> but those aren't profound. I was at Mass, and I was listening to the choir sing. I felt like, it was the 2,000-year-old voice of Christianity singing to me this profound experience of God, which was quiet and peaceful. I knew it was God. Pierced my heart. That's, that's the good stuff. It, it's not intense like the other stuff, but, but it certainly was profound. G give you another example. Harken back to last week when I had some fictitious people that we were talking about. Let's say that there is um, there's a, a, a woman uh, married. She's grieving the inevitable future loss of her husband. W what are the emotions that she would feel? Those would be pretty intense emotions. That the fear of the future, the unknown of how to handle some of the ordinary practical things of life, like investments and his retirement, he did all that, right? There would be some pretty intense things that she would feel. Underneath it all, quietly, is the voice of God that says, hey, I'm with you. I'll show you. Now she'll miss that voice because of the intensity of the emotions. Another fictitious example, let's say there's a guy 
and he struggles with his own vices. Pick any one of them, right? And he feels the surge and the urge to indulge, the, the itch, and he feels the, the, the emotion of temptation. Intense. Underneath it all, after he has fallen into sin, is the quiet voice of God that says, hey, I forgive you. I haven't given up on you. You see, we live in a world, at least I do, where we feel things very intensely. And sometimes we can chase those things or run away from those things. When my experience is that far often than not, more consistently, while we have occasionally intense experience of God, most of us sustain the day-in, day-out relationship with God in simplicity, and that's where the profundity is. Okay, so why, why do I say that? Because I read a gospel today of Jesus exercising demons. He walked into a house where Simon's mother-in-law was, Immediately he touched her, she's healed, she gets up, he walks outside, he's, he's healing people. Then at the end of the day, it says, after sunset, that's nighttime, time for dinner, time to go to bed, it says the whole town was gathered outside the door. He's exhausted from the whole day, he walks outside, there's a knock on the door, he goes outside, there's 400 people waiting for him. And he's, he's healing. Boom, boom, boom. So why don't we see that every day? I, I bet you it's been less than a month that something happened to somebody in your life. I bet you it's been less than a month that somebody got sick. I bet you it's been less than a month that you have known somebody who's going through a tough patch. It's been less than a month from 90% of us in here where it would be great for us to call on the name of Jesus and to see the miracles unfold. So I can read the gospel today, but it, it bounces up against the fact that most of us are more affected by the weather today than we are by the power of Jesus. Why? Because there's a difference between intensity and profundity. Let's unpack that. When you're going through life and you are experiencing intense emotions, intensity tends to drown out the quiet of profundity. Let me say that again. The intense emotions, the intense fear, the intense questions... All that's happening here, usually it, it drowns out. It's louder than the voice of God. And so if we mistake intensity with profundity, we expect God to shout as loud as our emotions does. God is not going to get into a shouting match. Even though there's a lot going on and it can be loud in us, 
God's consistent. And the intensity of emotion can drown out God's voice. Number two, the intensity of emotion can wear us down and we can get tired of waiting on God. How many people who struggle with addictions are waiting to be healed? How many tough marriages are waiting for a miracle? How many parents are waiting for something to happen in their kids' lives? And as you wait, day in, day out, you keep waiting for God, you're waiting for God, you're waiting for God, the intensity of the wait, you just get tired of waiting. And the fatigue, it wears down sometimes the subtle presence of God. One of the enemies in our spiritual life is not understanding that just because his voice is not always intense, his, his presence is not always intense, doesn't mean it's not profound. So what do we do? The Gospels are clear. Jesus is not Harry Potter. He's not a magician. He's not a, um, he's not a, he's not a wizard. Healing and communion go hand in hand. In the Gospels, Jesus brings people to a person. And in the communion, in the relationship, that's where the healing is. Jesus just doesn't walk around and say, zap, you're cured, and zap, you're cured, and zap, you're cured. That's not how it works. What I have seen and what I have learned is that long-term, sustainable healing in life comes from long-term, sustainable communion with Jesus. And yet, here's what I know. After Mass is over, I'm going to go outside, and I'm going to be so captivated with the weather, so excited about Mardi Gras, and the intensity of life will raise, that sometimes he's in all that. Of course he loves life, but sometimes his quiet voice is just quiet. So what would it look like for you and I to actually know him in profundity, profound depth? Do you want that? Because he's inviting you. If you listen... He is inviting everyone in here, all of you, all of me. He is inviting us to get to know him. And I want to invite you on a journey. Not next weekend, but the weekend after that, we start the first Sunday of Lent. 
And I want, I want to invite you on a journey. This Lent, he is inviting you to get to know him. Now, if you take his life and you take the last 45 days of his life, some pretty intense stuff. But imagine if you and I, watch this, we could be on his hip, and as he's walking to Jerusalem, imagine if you and I were walking with him. Like, think about that. Like, as he got closer, he said, hey, come with me. Imagine that if we had a, we were right there the last 45 days of his life. He's walking to Jerusalem, and as he's healing people, you're right there with him. And as he's, he's, he's teaching, you're right there with him. Like, imagine what your life would look like if you took a journey and you were with Jesus, walking with him every step of the journey, the last 45 days of his life. And as you got closer to Jerusalem, you were right there. And all of a sudden, it's the Last Supper, and you're right there. And all of a sudden, it's Good Friday, and you're right there. Imagine if he invited you to him and it was real easy and real clear. This Lent, we're going to take a journey. We're going to take a journey to Jerusalem. There is a book that is out right now that I wrote. Um, We will have some copies available on Ash Wednesday for anybody who's at Ash Wednesday Mass. If you want a guaranteed copy of that, you can... Come to Ash Wednesday Mass. If not, you can get your own. But all of Lent, we're going to go on a journey together. We're going to go on a guided retreat with Jesus, and we're literally going to take the last 45 days of his life from the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to walk together with Jesus all the way to Jerusalem. I I can guarantee you three things will happen. I promise you, I guarantee you, three things will happen if you come on the journey. Number one, you will be closer to Jesus at the end of the journey than you were at the beginning. And if you came here this morning and you want to get close to Jesus, in the profound nature of that, come on the journey with me. Number two, if you come on the journey, it will be easier for you to pray every day with clarity and direction than what you're doing right now. I promise you, I guarantee it. And number three, if you go on the journey with me, on the 45th day, when we are all at the cross, that person who got on the cross will be dramatically different for you. So it's all playing. I stand before you today, I invite you. I want you to come with me. Now, if you're going to come on the journey, you've got to know that there's an invitation and you have to start preparing yourself for the invitation. We'll talk about that next weekend. But maybe for the rest of Mass, we could just ponder amidst all the intense things in life. Where are you with him? And if you knew he was inviting you to be right here, right on his hip, 
Would you say yes? And if you knew he was inviting you into the most sacred and important 45 days of his life, and he says, I want you right here with me in the, that most important piece, would you say yes? And what would your life look like if you said yes? Let's be open to the invitation. Let's be open to the journey. And let's begin to prepare now for what he has in store for us this Lent. Amen?